Hi folks, this is Matt Peters, and this is Cast Today for June 21st. My guest on this episode is the editor-in-chief of the Ladies' Night Anthology books. She is Megan Bird, and she's going to tell you the ins and outs of the editorial process, what goes into fostering this amazing creative community of ladies in the Chicago area, and how you can be a part of it. Speaking of being a part of things, tomorrow night at Stage 773, right here in Chicago, Illinois, we are going to be teaming up with Versus the Universe for their geek show. That's right, D and I are going to be doing a live Resnaculous segment for you guys, and we have some far out stuff for you to see and to try, and it's just going to be a good time. You need to come out. The tickets are free. Bring a friend. Bring a date. Bring someone that you just met. It'll be an awkward first time hanging out, but you'll have a story to tell. So, yeah, it's going to be a great time. Come on through. I'm out of things to say right now. There was a lot of geek news that happened today. Um, Miller and Lord left the Han Solo movie. They're saying that Ron Howard may take over. Uh, Spider-Man Homecoming is getting all the praise in the world. And Venom is officially part of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, with Carnage being the main villain of the film. It's gonna be interesting. But what else is interesting is my conversation with Megan Bird. Enjoy the show. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for tuning in once again. My name is Matt Peters, and with me today, I have a very special guest. I have the editor-in-chief of the Ladies' Night Anthology, and so much more, Megan Bird. How are you, Megan? Hi. So um, let's 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 start off just by talking a little bit about Ladies' Night in general. So, how did the Ladies' Night anthology get started? Sure. Um, by the way, I love how like when I'm on a podcast and I'm introducing myself, I will wave even though there's no <laughs> visual. <laughs> well, that's just polite. That's you know. I still I, I still talk with my hands even if nobody can see it. I do too. I can't even lie. I do it too. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, just to give you a little background on Ladies Anthology, and um, you know, I'm sure some of your longtime listeners have heard about us before since you had. Uh, Caitlin Rosberg on your podcast uh, during last uh, season's uh, po- is it Pod a Day? Uh, cast a Day, actually. Cast a yes, day. <laughs> you are correct. I did have Caitlin on, and she is just a a, a super ball of enthusiasm. And <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes, that's why we love and her. We, we love her for that. And uh, yeah, so Caitlin is a fellow editor, so she may have spoken a little bit about um, our history as well. So apologies if we are treading familiar ground for some of your listeners, but uh, Ladies' Night was started um, as an event at Graham Crackers Comics uh, back in 2012. Uh, Basically, uh, Hannah Chapman, who's a creator from the UK, was here for a study abroad, and she approached uh, Graham Crackers and said, you know, I'd like to host an event here uh, where women can meet and talk about comics. And the store said, yes, and, Obviously, she was only here for a couple of months studying. When she returned, um, I sort of, well, I was I was part of it from the very beginning, but I decided to sort of take it under my wing and, and just, you know, moderate all of the meetings. And I have been for the past five years. Uh, occasionally, um, Caitlin steps in to <laughs> moderate when I'm out of town. Mm-hmm. And uh, we, we meet every first Wednesday of the month at Graham Crackers in downtown Chicago. So those meetings are very open. Um, casual they're mostly 
for fans to talk about comics they like, but we do have a lot of creators that come. And what we found was when we first started, we were like, you know, we've got a lot of untapped energy here. Let's put together a comic. So that first year, we we didn't really know what we were doing, and we just sort of threw it together um, based on sheer enthusiasm. And we've gotten uh, a lot better each year with our organization. So the, the focus is on first-time creators, um, learning new new processes and collaboration. So everybody who works on our comics is paired up as a writer and an artist, and every team has an editor. So we're trying to replicate the process that um, mass-produced comics go through so that our creators get the experience that they would if they were working for a publisher. Oh, wow. That's that's pretty unique. I, I hadn't known about that aspect of it. So that's pretty much preparing them to be ready to get into the workplace almost immediately after uh, publishing in, in the anthology. That's really cool. Absolutely. And that, that was our goal, essentially, to make it sort of a learning experience for everyone. And, uh, you know, especially because comics can be a really solitary uh, existence. Mm-hmm. And especially to, you know, within the comic book community, there are a lot of women and non-binary individuals who are fans, who are creators, but you know, the further up the food chain you get, the less and less diversity you see. So we really wanted to give everybody confidence and say, hey, you know, if you want to know what it's like making comics with other people, we're going to give you that experience and we're going to give you resources at every step. So we host workshops and we bring in guest mentors to um, give everybody feedback during production. And this is one aspect that we've done more and more each year. So it's it's a learning experience for us too, because every time that we bring in a creator who is an established um, comic creator, they, they bestow a lot of wisdom upon the editors as well. So like last year, uh, are you familiar with um, the webcomic Battle Pug? Yes, I am, yeah. Well, Mike Norton, the creator of Battle Pug was our guest mentor last year. And it was such a great experience for our creators. I I still hear creators from last year's workshop say how helpful it was to hear somebody that is a working professional give them feedback on their their artwork and to hear that they're on the right path. Because I think a lot of people when they're first starting out, if it's their first comic um, in particular, they don't really have the confidence or really know like, oh, is this right? Or like, I don't want to show anybody my work. And to hear like Mike Norton say like, oh, this looks fantastic. Keep doing that. Or I can't wait to see (laughs) how it turns out. It's just like, it's a memorable experience. So uh, that's that's what we love about making comics um, the way that we do, I guess. That's really cool. And and I'm sure you know, because you're the editor, Uh, (laughs) uh, my my group, uh, Mighty Yank, proudly sponsored uh, yes. NSU and you know my wife and I love uh, you know supporting the Kickstarter and everything like that um, speaking of the Kickstarter uh, you mentioned that there's going to be a another round coming up in September for the uh, for the next volume right yes so it's our fifth year which is a really big milestone um, our theme this year is sisters so uh, just to explain a little bit more about the process we pick a theme as the editors and then we have an open call and artists and writers pitch us separately based on the theme. So all of the stories uh, have to do with sisters and that could mean siblings, that could mean uh, sisters in the sense of sisterhood, it could mean sisters in the sense of nuns, although we didn't get any uh, nun pitches. We were 
we were hoping, but it could, you know, just to sort of get our readers uh, primed for the concept. It's not just about siblings. I've been so, waiting for the gritty <laughs> flying nun reboot. It hasn't happened yet, but my fingers are still crossed. Um, are you a fan of the uh, How Did This Get Made podcast? Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was hoping for a nundercover pitch, but we didn't get one. Um, and all of the content has to be, you know, original. We don't al- allow anything that would be copyrighted or it can't be like a take on an established story. Even if it's in public domain, we prefer things that are original content. So sure. that an- that um, Kickstarter will be starting in September the creators are working on it right now. And the cool thing about the Kickstarter, too, is that uh, we do production far enough in advance that you can actually see the work in progress. Uh, you don't have to sort of use your imagination. And especially, too, because most of our creators are first-time people. So it's, you know, not like a lot of Kickstarters where you might be familiar with somebody's work ahead of time. Most of our creators are going to be new to our readers. So it is really nice to be able to bring that to our audience and say, hey, here's here's a little preview of what you're going to get. And the uh, cover artwork has already been uh, completed by Elizabeth Perez, who is one of our contributing creators. So we're really excited about that. I can send you the image for it, too, if you want to get excited. Oh, cool. That's really cool. So I got to ask, you know, with, with, yeah. with all this discussion of uh, comics and everything like that, what are some books that you are enjoying right now? Like, is there anything specifically that's on your pull list, like every single month that you just can't, you know, skip? Ooh, okay. So I've got my pile right next to me. I'm just going to reach over ah. <laughs> and grab some of the books that I'm really excited about. Cause there are Indeed. some that I can, I can list off the top of my head. Like I love, uh, bitch planet. Yes. Definitely one of my faves. Um, killer be killed has been really interesting. Um, that's a new one. Uh, well, it's not very new. It's on issue eight. It's from uh, Ed Brubaker and Sean Phillips, and I love their crime noir stuff, like uh, Criminal. Oh, definitely, yeah. And um, another one that is really new that just came out is uh, Misfit City. So that is a boom uh, comic, and one of our previous contributors, Brittany Peer, is a colorist on that book. So we're pretty excited about that. Oh, I'm sure. That's that's a pretty big deal there. That's pretty great. Wow. I mean, a lot of our creators, like, that's the biggest compliment to us is when somebody says, I wish I could come back for another book, but I have too much work. Like, Cat uh, <laughs> uh, Lay was on our first volume. Uh, we were super lucky to work with her. She's a local creator as well. And um, Anissa Espinosa, who... Um, came to ladies night and was just to draw sometimes and we saw her work and we were just like oh my god like you should be you should be working for all of the money and now she is a uh, storyboard artist for warner brothers so she moved away to california we do miss her and shout out to anisa oh my goodness red ribbon (laughs) robot if you follow her on tumblr um so yeah i mean and, and that's just a couple of you know people that have moved on to bigger and better things a lot a lot more under there all right. Well, that's that's really cool, Megan. Um, so, yeah. Speaking of uh, our mutual friend, Caitlin. Yes. Uh, famously, you and she have uh, panels that take place annually at uh, C2E2 where you um, kind of give folks a little taste of, of Ladies Night, where you help them figure out how to get into the industry. Is that right? Well, um, depending on the year, because we've pitched 
and done several different topics um, at both C2E2 and um, other local conventions. Um, Comic Con, which is a show out of Dearborn, Michigan. Um, we did a panel for uh, um, CG2, which is the Columbia uh, College uh, fan run uh, convention. Oh, and yeah, that's I, a fun one. Yeah, and I will say too, Caitlin's one of the editors, and uh, so is Lauren Burke, who is working on a book uh, called Bonnets at Dawn, and uh, Summer Sparrison, who runs uh, Geek Girl International. Uh, Chris McKenzie, she's one of our editors as well, and we have a we have some editors that have come and gone too. So our panels tend to have uh, many LNA editors as well as some guests, uh, special guests when we can bring them in. So this past year. Uh, we did a panel at C2E2 that was all about tips and tricks for um, pitching and um, preparing your portfolio. Nice. Uh, but we did we did one um, last year that was called Fandom Year One, which was what you wish you knew when you first started reading comics. So that was more fan focused, and that was a really fun one too. That's cool. So give us a little taste of that. So what what's one thing that you wish you knew when you started reading comics? Um, I guess for me, and the thing that like. And you could see the panel uh, on our C- um, our YouTube channel. Um, and the one thing that I I really drove home was that I wish that somebody had told me when I first started reading comics that I belonged and it wasn't something that I had to know a secret code or pass some sort of test to be considered a quote-unquote true fan. Yeah. And I think that's something that, uh, in particular, a lot of women need to hear because you know, a lot of women have bad experiences their first time going into comic shops, depending on which store they go to, because there are plenty of stores that are very welcoming uh, to women, but um, there are lots that are still, you know, the stereotype. And that's unfortunate because it, it doesn't take much to make somebody feel unwelcome. And uh, that, that's the one thing that I wish. And also to, you know, <sighs> Don't don't ever buy anything for the collector value. It's going <laughs> right. to be worthless. And on top of that, you're just contributing to a really toxic thing in the industry, which is you know speculation. Very true. Go, going back to your first point, you know, I I have to agree with you. And it was it was my unfamiliarity with that aspect of fandom. You know, I I talk a lot on the show about the fact that I grew up a little protected because I grew up with. Uh, aunts i had 10 aunts who raised me basically wow <laughs> and i had two girl cousins who were my sisters and my best friends so i it was kind of like I, I grew up on themiscara almost <laughs> <laughs> but you know I, I i discount the fact that a lot of women do tell me and i i see it happen firsthand of, of feeling you know like they don't belong uh in the fandom and that's incredibly unfortunate and a lot of times uh you know coming up I didn't really take that into account. For instance, uh, when my wife and I first started dating, I asked her to meet me at uh, a comic shop that shall remain nameless. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, she got there a little bit before me and she was just like, oh, my God, I'm so glad you're here. I'm like, what? It's it's uh, you couldn't be in a safer place. You know, nerds and geeks, we're not going to do anything crazy. It's fine. And she's like, yeah, but every dude in here basically was just like, you know, giving me the the look i'm like oh that's gross and i'm sorry you know and you know just just realizing little things like that just having to deal with that hurdle i understand that that's like just the tip of the iceberg of 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 
what goes into uh, you know dealing with that toxic environment, like you said. I mean, even even being a person of color and and being a comic fan, it's always you know you cosplay and you're not the character. You're oh, you're Black Doctor Who. You know, you're, you're yeah. <laughs> it's 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 that aspect of it too. So just yeah, I, I I totally get what you're saying, and it's cool that something like Ladies' Night exists to pull people in and give them a welcome environment to come and just celebrate their fandom like that. Yeah, and you know, it doesn't take many of those garbage human beings to ruin the experience for a lot of people. Like one toxic person can ruin so many experiences, especially if they work at a store. So to go on the flip side, as far as how stores become more welcoming, uh, there's an organization called the Valkyries that I'm also part of as uh, an employee of the comic shop because technically when I'm running ladies night, um, I'm an employee because uh, I, I clock in for the time to run the meetings. And um, when I first started shopping at Graham Crackers, it was the first store where they started treating me like a, a source of source of money, I guess. So I wasn't something to be ignored. They were like, you should sign up for our club and get a discount. And they remembered my books. And when they, had an opening for a you know uh, an employee they were like hey Megan you know what's your schedule like you should you should apply for a job here and that just like completely changed my experience with fandom too just because of the way that that store treated me and I I became an employee there uh, this was in college so a whole like 11 years ago but I've worked on and off uh, <clears throat> for and with graham crackers since then um, as well as, you know, other stores, depending on where I lived. Uh And um, I I just, like, I can't stress that enough. Like, if you find a store that, you know, is welcoming, like, shout out to the rooftops, invite your friend there, and just, like, tell them, you know, this makes a difference. Because I'd say, too, a lot of owners aren't necessarily the people on the floor. So when they hear it, they'll continue to do those good things. So, you know, shout out to the people doing it right, too. Definitely. Definitely, big shout out to Graham Crackers. I, I, I had similar experiences with them as well. They were my my go to shop in high school, uh, the one downtown, as a matter of fact. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh gosh, yeah. you you must have been at the one that was at um, sixty four East Madison because then they moved to seventy seven. Yeah. So they were like three <laughs> doors down, and like I swear, for like eight years, people would come into the store like, you know, there used to be this other comic shop just like a block away, and we we're like, yeah, dude, that was us. Because <laughs> uh, they've been there a long time, and you know you have no shortage of great stores in the Chicagoland area either. So you know we are we are in a good area. So uh, if your readers need recommendations, uh, tell them to hit me up on Twitter. Definitely, and I'll I'll uh, share that information in the show notes so folks can follow you and see what you're up to. And oh, thank you, Megan. You have been a joy to speak to. I've been a fan of yours ever since we paneled together back in 2015, and I will continue to be so, and I will continue to support Ladies Night throughout. Oh, well, thank you so much, Matt. And, uh, you know, thank you for your support of Ladies Night in the past and continuing to help us get the the word out. But um, I guess, yeah, thank you for having me on. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you for being on, Megan. All right, folks, and thank you for listening. This is Matt Peters for Megan Bird saying stay mighty.